This is the Mandalorian's Explosion Network's after show where we're breaking down and discussing each and every episode of the Disney Plus original series, The Mandalorian. My name's Dylan Blight. This is Grogu. And also joining me, Asher Helbley. <laughs> Dylan, I'm excited to be here. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Not a trace of doubt in my mind. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if um it was a swerve and at the end of the episode they just broke out in song. Just broke a smash mouth came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere. What a comeback. What a comeback. Grogu grew up and you suddenly Shrek. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Weirder <laughs> things have happened, you know. Uh, anyway, so today's episode, the penultimate episode of the season, was titled The Believer, in case you didn't get that from the song, <laughs> Breakout Song, uh, directed by Rick uh, Famo. I'm never, ever going to live this up, going to let you down. Rick, how do you say it? Famuia? Famuia? Does that sound right? Famuia? Famuia? Uh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, Rick wrote and directed the episode. Which was kind of noteworthy because um, John Favreau obviously writes primarily every episode. The only other person this season who's wrote an episode was Dave Filoni. So, and presuming John Favreau is going to write and direct the finale next week, that means he's one of three people to have actually wrote an episode for the season. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, synopsis, I didn't bother copy-pasting for this week because it was simply... The Mandalorian and the child continue their adventures through the galaxy or some such nonsense. And I was like, okay, well, this was a placeholder and it yeah. doesn't actually make any sense now that we know like what's happening in the no, show. So they're separated. They're separated. This, it doesn't actually make any sense. This is the first episode where the child does a child at all. Yeah, I put that at the very bottom of my notes here somewhere. I was like, for the first time, no Grogu slash Yeetle since he was hope introduced. It's, hope it's not a precedent. Yeah, I would hope not. But it was it was noteworthy. Like, was. I mean, obviously the first episode he doesn't show up until the end, but you're still in it technically. But but you so, didn't know. Yeah, I know. But like, he was meant to be then, there. Yeah, I, I know. But it's like still, this is the first episode since, you know, so it's weird. It's like I got so used to him. He's he's so the show. Like it was like the, devoid of joy. Yeah, it's missing. Kind of need to buy yourself your own, like I have. So it makes up for it. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can just put him in all the scenes. Yeah, when it's it, fine. <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, what 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 do you think of this this week's episode? The, the the general synopsis, if I was to give it to this, would be as we kind of more or less what we predicted last week, which is they break out Mayfield. He has to get them codes to track down Gideon stuff and shoes. What do you think? Fine, fine. Yeah, you know, I was kind of expecting more. Penultimate, I think penultimate. Penultimate would be more. exciting. Yeah. Uh, I guess everything's shit's gonna hit the fan next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I feel like this episode, if you like it or not, falls heavily on a. How do you feel about Mayfield? B. How do you feel about Bill Burr? <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't that the same question? Yeah. To, well, yeah. He's 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 just playing Bill Burr in Star Wars. So, yeah. Mm. Which I find it so funny. Like, there's one part in the episode where. Like they're in the car or whatever you want to call it, the truck thing, and they're driving it. And there's yep. Bill Burr not trying to hide his accent or anything. You know, he's just Bill Burr. Mando, we need the fuck. You know, like it just sounds, it's just, it's like, <laughs> it's just Bill Burr. Like Green it's Boston, not, yeah. yeah, it's just Boston, Bill Burr. Just being like, Mando, we got the fucking, <laughs> we got the thing. Get the hell out of here, Mando. Anyway, it was weird. Yeah, I thought it was, it was an okay episode. I don't think I'll, um, 
has like some interesting stuff in the middle with a uh, discussion about um, seeing that side of Mayfield and like the like the regret. And yeah, the- yeah, like he, the fact that he chooses to blow up the facility and he says that line about we all need to sleep at night or um, and even all that that ties into what they were like when they're driving there and having that discussion about like mm. we just you, we're not so different and all this sort of stuff. So like it never really went particularly down that road heavily obviously so kind of plays around with some interesting ideas and themes but overall there's one yeah interesting segment but then other than that yeah Yeah. other than that it was mostly a um just a little side story i mean not filler because it makes sense given where they are but also i would agree that penultimate episode i think we've been we've been spoiled on other shows that have done done Big penultimate, bigger. Yep. yeah. I know Game of Thrones ruined us from years of just the yep, penultimate exactly. was the biggest, and then the finale was the like epilogue or like the setup yeah. for next season. So yep. I don't know. Maybe it's part of that. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run through the episode. What happens anyway? Uh, yep. What little does happen? I mean, the most of discussion again is going to take place in that fucking canteen. The rest of the episode is like, yeah. oh, action, action, action. Anyway, so start the episode. They break out. Uh, they go break out Mayfield. They just start the episode there. He's in a. Um, yeah, they don't really break him out, and he's taken out. That's true. Uh, Marshall June just shows up and releases says, him for him. prisoner duty or just something, whatever. whatever. Like I, I, I took it that she was legally doing it. Yeah. to some degree but whatever uh so they're like hey come help us he's like oh yeah i can but i need to go to some secret mining facility or morak to get some secret codes or something 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 like it was so very specific <laughs> to, to the degree it's kind of it's kind of silly if you think too hard about it you know they're like hey can you help us get uh can you help us track down gideon because he's got the child yeah, I can if you take me to a secret mining facility on Morak because that's the only place where there's probably a base where I'll be able to hack into a computer and get the codes. Very specific, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so they head to the planet. By the way, everyone, obviously, he still doesn't have a ship. Boba Fett and Fennec are still helping him out. That's going to continue at least through to the end of the season. So you've got a team of Boba Fett, Fennec... They never show him in the ship because realistically, I don't know how they're all fitting in, but that's fine. Which, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, no one's staying in their ship. It's just like a seating. There's like a land room. But then the cockpit. Well, I mean, it's lucky they never say how far away the prison location is to Morak because if they ever did, yeah. you may have to go. It's like. That was like a day of hyperspace. Like, where he's actually sleeping on Slave One. Like, this doesn't. <laughs> This doesn't add up, but that's fine. Uh, so that when they get there, they do this whole plan. They're like, we're going to steal this. Uh, I don't know what you actually call it. I'm pro- I'm sh- it's probably got a proper name, but like it, it's most re- reminiscent of the, uh, reminded me of the prison ship from Rogue One, like at the start where they break Jyn Erso. Kind of. You know, like similar wheel structure, if you want to call it. Like uh, It's like a centipede type vehicle of, of, of some sort. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so they break, they break into one of those. They they stop it inside of a tunnel. So juggernaut, juggernaut. Apparently. There you go. They stop inside a tunnel because Mando can't wear his armor. Obviously, he'll get recognized. Mm. Uh, he ends and up. Nobody else can go in for various reasons. Well, 
The one thing I was going to call out, but I'm like, actually, no, that does make sense, is when Boba Fett goes, I can't go, they'll recognize my face. And I was going to go, well, they don't because, like, you always had the armor on. But then I was like, actually, no, I'm taking this joke wrongly. The joke is that he's actually a clone. A clone. And that yeah. they'll recognize that he's a clone. I was like, ah, yes. That, yeah. that actually well, does. Funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, good job. Yes, that, that, that probably actually does make sense. Um, does that mean that all the clones have... Uh, um, I mean, they retconned it in... Um, they ended up retconning it basically so that that one old guy in Return of the Jedi is supposed to be um, fucking Rex. The clone Rex. So... Like that, that, there's like in Return of the Jedi when they break into the facility at the end of the movie. There's like one old guy there. If you ever watch the movie again, mm. we may do a rewatch one day. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it for a third, fourth time when Episode Ten comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's like one old guy. You know, like when um, Han Solo and that break into the the base on the planet. Yep. There's like a particular shot where they're all like lining up outside the building or whatever, and there's like one old guy there for years. It was like a joke, like, who is this, who's this one random old guy who's, like, helping the rebellion? Uh, and then they ended up, like, retconning it through Rebels and such, that they're like, that guy's actually Rex. That's, like, the clone, because they, they age faster or whatever. So, yeah. They could all be dead by now, probably. In, um, in canon, they end up, like, yeah, they end, they end up, so this is something they may cover in that Bad Batch TV show that they just announced properly, officially, which is that... So they, the Empire is still using the clones when they, obviously they take over, but then because they start aging faster and they're not, um, they can't like easily reprogram them for the new Empire, like because they were programmed to a certain um, effort or whatever. And the fact they're going older, faster or whatever, the Empire more or less ditches them, whether that means they actually just kill them all or I don't, I don't know, like this. Mm. Anyway, that, that show could potentially cover that. Um, they steal the cargo shuttle. What did you say it was called? Car- uh, Juggernaut. 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 They steal that. Inside, they have this whole scene where Mayfield... Oh, yeah. The Mando is wearing uh, the armor. The, uh, the uh, whatever... Stormtrooper Storm armor. Stormtrooper armor of some sort, yeah. Um, they have this whole back and forth scene where Mayfield's basically trying to guilt trip him and... Like you're not so different than me, and which I, doesn't really go anywhere because it's all it's all just set up for later in the episode. Really, anyway, these pirate shop pirates trying to. I didn't really. What were they? What was their actual? So my understanding is they're the rightful owners of the land, and they're okay. trying to screw over the empire by destroying their big the. Vehicles carrying the Rhydonium. Yeah, highly explosive stuff. Um, but highly explosive stuff. So yeah. Seems like a suicide mission, though, right? Like the way they're going about it. Kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, normally someone isn't on top of the Juggernaut when they mm. attack it, I don't think. Normally the Stormtroopers just stay inside, shoot from a distance. Mm. So when they put the grenade down and flee, Maybe normally they get yeah. away. Maybe they get away, yeah. I don't know. That was, that was one thing I was, like, confused about. I'm like, he's just... <laughs> suiciding this or what's the go? but yeah so rightful yeah that makes sense Empire took over their planet uh, anyway unfortunately the Mando has to kill a bunch of them <laughs> for, the, for yeah. the greater good which is an interesting dilemma but they, <laughs> the show's probably never going to delve into that too much uh, 
cool little fight scene. All of this reminded me a lot of like Rogue One action scenes, really, or even like Han Solo, like spin off yeah. Star Wars stuff, more so than especially like the Han Solo uh, heist scene, obviously, where they're on top of that. And of the train, yeah. Yeah, they're on top of that, and pirates come in then to try and steal their stuff. So, uh, yeah. similar sort of thing. Although the barrage, the barrages, whatever, barrage, barrages, barrages things they're on, um, reminded me of um, Return of the Jedi, like the, the smaller ones you see off around when they get head out into the desert to kill Luke and stuff. Reminded me of like smaller mm. ones of those. Um, they win though and they fight their way ba- back. They arrive at the facility. They get saved by the Empire. Yes, well, they're, they're coming in and the Empire runs out and saves them, which it's quite interesting. The, the music they play there is actually like the like the cheery uh, like Imperial like yeah, yeah music, but it's Obviously, a weird dichotomy because it's the Empire. Anyway. Uh, so they save them, and then they're all saluted, and yeah, good job, team. Did so well. They officially get inside the facility. Uh, Mando, obviously, still keeping his helmet on. Mayfield, high-fiving people and saluting and doing yeah. what he can. Uh, they head up to the cantina Offices, Offices, cantine, yep. I don't know it's the back end of this very small looking facility it looks very large yeah. on the outside but when they're inside I'm like this place looks tiny uh, Mayfield goes to head for the computer that he needs to access the codes however he spots an officer who he says that he uh, worked under when he was part of the, the Empire back in the day so he can't do it so Mando says he's going to do it and this is where I guess the, the title The Believer comes in because he's so um it's, you know, it's like, it's 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 an interesting thing to, to wonder, like, uh, he's doing what he needs to because he was given this mission by the, the, the armorer who we take it to basically be the leader of at least that sect of uh, Mandalorians that he's, yeah. he was following. Uh, and sh- it's, it's interesting to wonder, would she be okay with him breaking the keep your face Sorry. covered? To, for the purpose of seeing through his mission, which is to deliver the child. You know what I mean? Like, is that okay or is that not okay under her rule? I think it's probably his more of a personal belief. You know, it's like, like any religious thing. Like, you know? I don't know. Like, probably... (laughs) The hardest thing I could probably think is obviously uh, gay people, obviously with like hardcore Christianity, 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 and like mm. or religion in any regard. Like for f- they can have those thoughts, but never kind of act on it. Is the <laughs> like teaching <how? laughs> to a t- the teachings that a lot of these places have in that kind of stuff? So you know, yeah, similar kind of thing to like a very lower extreme. Or is the, um, I was going to say the other thing I was going to throw out is, or is him taking his helmet off and being willing to take his helmet off just another one of those cracks of him uh, slowly having doubts or moving away from the ultra Mandalorian code or whatever. You know what I mean? Because obviously this season has thrown out a lot of, you know, being introduced to Bo-Katan and um, all these other people who are like, hey man, <laughs> You don't actually need to, <laughs> to do that. Like that's, 
You're, you're following yeah. a fucking cult, by the way, in case you didn't know. I mean, Bo-Katan literally calls them, like, a cult, so. Yeah. Um, or is, yeah, is he just doing it because he had no choice? I mean, he, he literally had no choice, so. It's interesting. But yeah. we do get to see Pedro Pascal's face for the first time this season. It's it's funny if it's becoming, like, a one-season deal. Like once a season wh- yeah, thing, yeah, once a season you get to see Pedro Pascal's actual face. On That's how they can afford to have. They can only afford his face for one episode a season. Didn't they say for this season he did more of the actual... Like on set stuff compared to the first. Yeah, season. but he charges extra to have his face yeah, on screen. Maybe that's how it is. It's funny. Like so many people, <laughs> I still wonder how many people who never watch like Game of Thrones or um, Narcos or anything. Like every time they see him, like oh yeah, that's what he looks like. Don't even know. Like it's just like some random guy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even know who he is. Anyway, uh, this whole scene was the best part of the episode. Obviously, it was cool mm. to see him. Uh, Without the helmet, because we never see it. It was cool to see him uh, and Mayfield and that officer have that sort of backward and forward. Uh, have having to see like Pedro Pascal like try and keep quiet and just eyeing off Mayfield in the corner. And then I think also that scene with the officer between him and Mayfield was also just like the best Bill Burr stuff that he's given on this show so far because it was just yeah. you could see him slowly getting angry and angry and angry. Uh, and that was a really cool scene for. Not only Mayfield, but also just the idea of like characters like him throughout the galaxy because they do name drop Operation Cinder, which is something that has been shown in comics and books and the games. Like if you played Star Wars Battlefront, like they cover some of that and that. Operation Cinder was basically this um, uh, Emperor Palpatine like fail safe plan that was put what that was. Uh, given to a bunch of higher up officers at the empire uh, upon his death. And it was more like, it was like a, if I can't rule, let's burn it all down plan. So it was like, destroy this planet, blow up this thing. Like it was just all crash and burn. And the finale of that plan was supposed to be like destroying Jakku or some degree of that. Um, So operations in the end actually in its fruition, it ends up, kind of failing because obviously um the new republic ends up winning that battle on jakku um and that's like the last big battle that's before the the empire uh, supposedly fucks off into the uh outer rim. rim and then you get the the first order so which one thing the show constantly does is just sort of make aftermath and Anything they've done in the extended material that's covered, like post Jedi, pre Force Awakens Empire, like a little bit more confusing to understand because under everything we knew about Aftermath and then Operation Cinder in any of the comics and any of the video games, it was it was it was a pretty plain cut timeline of okay, so they win the battle in on Endor, New Republic obviously is on the like they're pushing the battle forward at this point. They're slowly like taking over certain regions. There's pockets of the Empire left, and then they more or less explain in aftermath that like the final battle was over Jakku. They lose that one, and then they fuck off, and that's when New Republic officially takes a a hold over what little was remaining of the Empire. But every time throughout this show, they keep showing more uh, like these little sectors of Empire bases. Like even in this, like even this many people on a random planet, it just, 
it makes it seem like the empire had more than what I get. I guess the empire, after, I mean, the aftermath books and the, all these things sort of explain, which is, I mean, the biggest wild card is uh, Moff Gideon, of course. Like Moff Gideon's existence and his whole plan throws a complete spanner into everything we sort of <laughs> already know about what, what the hell happened in between six and seven. So I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting. Mm. Um, but this whole cool thing with Mayfield was, you know, talks about Operation Cinder. He talks about how he had thousands of his uh, platoon or whatever he calls them die in that battle and then the officer i don't know i didn't write down go look up the actor's name but whoever played that officer did it to a t because you fucking hate him like <laughs> just the way he's you know well they all died for the better good the greater empire yeah. and you know like he, he really just sells that like you want to fucking yeah when when mayfield shoots that dude you're just like yeah fuck you oh, thank god <laughs> yeah it's like this slimy like he has that real slimy evilness Mm. to him uh, but this was definitely my the, the highlight of the episode i i, I feel this, definitely this table scene yeah and then pedro pascal being there the entire time like so awkwardly dumbfounded just, yeah, like just uncomfortable and- <laughs> unable to say or do anything there's that one shot yeah, where he looks it over at Mayfield when he, he starts like pushing him and you just like eyes Mayfield and Mayfield's just like oh, fucking <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like a little kid who's lost their their blanket. Oh, that, which does yeah. remind me. Shout out to the, when he's fighting on the the juggernaut and he tr- goes to fire his blaster, and then like it doesn't fire. And like I feel like most people who ever think about blaster weapons in Star Wars, he kind of looks at it and goes, "These things run out." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> to a degree, you know. He was like, "What this thing?" Yeah, because in Star Wars, you never see them. Obviously, you never see them reload weapons or whatever. Um, if yep. you play like Star Wars Battlefront or anything, they 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 have um, they overload, but you don't need to like reload them or anything. So I think, it was, okay. I think it was the first time I've seen in Star Wars where someone's been like, "What the fuck? <laughs> it's not working." <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, so obviously, yeah, they they he shoots officer, all hell breaks loose, end up having to shoot their way the hell out of there somehow. Uh, Fennec yeah. and Karajuna, of course. Uh, got the sniper rifles everybody. and sniping people from up on the hill, and um, then they they escape to the roof. People are still chasing them. Slave one slash Boba Fat ends up flying in for the save, uh, and then when he gets in, you see sl- uh, Slave one. Well, hold on. One thing I forgot to mention. I just remember I wrote down here. I love the line when they start shooting their way out, and then Mayfield chucks the helmet to Boba Fat. And he's yeah. like, you did what you had to. I never saw your face. Like, which, you know, call yeah. back to their discussion in the car about him. We're not so different. You just do what you have to do, survive. Do survive, yeah. And then also the fact that he was willing to be like, I never saw your face. Like, it kind of just shows a more humane, likable side of Mayfield compared to yeah. like the straight s- scumbag. To what we saw in the first time. We, uh, yeah, yeah. We saw him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely yeah. a little bit more likable this one, especially with like lines like that and stuff. Uh, mm. So they fight their way to the roof. They do like super fan service here, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Moment where the they they finally get into the the ship, and then Slave One takes off into the air. And it drops that proton bomb, and it lets out like the the sound it makes and just the explosion. Like it's so that in case you haven't don't recall Ash, this is this is classic Star Wars Episode Two Attack of the Clones when 
Obi-Wan is trying to chase Jango Fat, and then he keeps dropping these proton bombs and they keep letting out these really cool sounding like explosions in space and like exploding around yeah. the minefields and stuff. Uh, that's exactly what we just saw here. Sounds fucking awesome. Cool moment. I guess for people who actually like the prequels, it was cool to see. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is the funny thing about actually Boba Fett being back in the show. Like, so like OG Star Wars fans love Boba Fett, but Slave One as a ship is actually like a, a prequel thing. Mm. You know? So it's like a, a weird... um Combination. Meshings, yeah, of, of both things. It's interesting. Uh, so they, they, of course, save the day. And then when they get in, Mayfield picks up a sniper rifle. He actually, I, I should have wrote down what... He actually says the proper gun name, so I'll just hand me the... Whatever. But he takes this amazing crack shot where he fucking uh, shoots the... Whatever it was I was carrying. Listen, trust the empire to leave a tiny little gap in mm. which somebody could fire one shot they could destroy the entire thing see i like to think that he purposely parked with that much outside of the building for later <laughs> that's my retconning in my in my head yeah so it was a cycler rifle there you go fucking just for all the got to get all the references right for the nerds um yeah boom up goes the facility really cool didn't know he had that shot but appreciate it even carl june and fennec appreciated it uh, they all land, and then you have this cool scene where Fennec's like, all right, Officer June, whatever her name is now, uh, Sheriff June. What is it? Like, Marshal June, sorry. Marshal June. June. It's like, all right, Marshal June, take me back. And then uh, her and Mando are like, Mando. oh. Uh, it's, it's a real shame we died yeah, in that explosion. It's a real shame <laughs> that Mayfield or Prisoner 2-2, whatever, died in that explosion. I just like that. It was kind of funny. Like, I, this was good Bill Burr, like, just kind of comedy of just underway <laughs> like he's just like are you for real oh it's real pity you died okay okay if you guys aren't gonna say anything i'm just gonna walk away and then just like looks back silently keeps walking uh, i i, I like this this was a this is it's good. It was good nice ending nice ending yeah. well yeah nice ending for them and of course the final episode uh, final scene of this episode was cut to moff gideon someone's like hey you got a transmission you got a fucking carrier pigeon. Need to watch yeah, this. Yeah, need to watch this. It's came over Skype. Um, watch this TikTok. The Mandalorian sent you. Uh, it's a message that Mando sent Gideon for some reason. I don't really know why. Hopefully. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know if it's part of his plan. but Just threatening. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, hey, you've got something I want. You don't know how much it means. It means more. To, he means more to me than you'll ever understand. And soon I'll have him back. Cut to Listen. Get it? It's a reference to what Moth Gideon said last season when there was siege in like the room. Mm, is that what it is supposed to be? Yeah, because they did in the recap at the start of the episode. Uh, see, I skipped the recap because it was running short on time. <laughs> this week, <laughs> it was like else. a minute. The, but yeah, the one time I skipped he, he the just repeats pretty much the same speech. Oh, Moth Gideon made. See, I didn't get it because I didn't watch the recap. Ruined it for myself. Yeah. Rip. Uh, anyway, that, that was. You didn't remember. That was, uh, yeah. I just say, uh, I was kind of expecting Boba Fett to be more of a dick just in general from what we've seen of him from the original trilogy. But, you know, he's a really nice guy. I mean, I mean, it is really mean that Luke and Han put him in that saga pit, is all I'm saying. It seems like. This is, um, you could do a whole thesis on the way they've kind of delivered Boba Fett in this series so far. I feel like they've. From his introduction, the fact they were like, 
he's now bounty. Um, he's now honor code to help Mando. You're like, does that fit with the character? Don't really know much about the character, really. Uh, also, we don't really know how much time he spent just roaming around that planet, fucking becoming one with himself on Tatooine. Like how much that changed mm. him. They've got enough leeway. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tamir Morrison. Tamir. Tamir. Yeah. Tamir yeah. Morrison. Morrison. He's basically playing a more westernized. I mean, like more. And by westernized, I mean like western cowboy version of Django Fat. Like that's what it seems like to me. It's just like he's playing Django Fat again, but just with a slight edge to it, which is fine mm. because. Boba Fett's the fucking sun slash clone. So it's like, it, it works. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. For people who fell in love with the idea of Boba Fett being a asshole, take no names, bounty hunter that stands at the back and isn't scared of Darth Vader and all these things, he still can be that, you know? Like, the, the idea that he it's was, true. he's now like, fuck the Empire. And at the time he was like, I'm working for the Empire still fits with the character to be like he was just working for whoever was willing to pay at the time or mm. whatever so anyway it's interesting that was this week's episode of the mandalorians chapter 15 the believer next week is of course the finale of the season uh presumably written and directed by john favreau unless there's like a left field surprise or something like that but um i'm gonna guess it's gonna be like an hour right like maybe the season opener was like 56 or something minutes or something around that so yeah i'm gonna be highly surprised if it doesn't match or beat it to be honest i mean last season's last episode was 46 minutes obviously opening that was a two-parter as well was 52 minutes yeah like the fact that this episode the penultimate wasn't like a two-parter just leans more heavily towards the finale having to be longer right you'd think essentially that's why I'm assuming anyway. I mean, yeah. Especially if we think what's going to, he's going to get, uh, time. Oh, that's what makes sense to me. I'm still standing by that. I mean, it just seems weird to not ask for help after, <laughs> after everything. She wants a fucking yeah. saver, dude. Like help, <laughs> help her get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll s- be here talking about the finale next week. Maybe Soka shows back up. We're going to tie in that other stuff. I don't really know. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll be here talking about it, though. Looking forward to it. Of course, you can find the show at ExplosionNetwork.com, YouTube.com slash ExplosionNetwork, or you can just listen to the audio version on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever takes your pleasure. And for all of our Twitters, head to ExplosionNetwork.com slash Twitter. And until next week, we have spoken. 